Welcome to the Spartan Life, where we explore what it means to be part of the Southern Lehigh family and attempt to cover all of the sweet, sweet goodness that is Southern Lehigh High School in 30 minutes or less. From first-hand coverage of exciting experiences to intimate discussions with some of your favorite teachers to inspirational interviews with diverse students on unique journeys. That's right, great students accomplishing great feats. We'll do our best to hit all of the highlights. But inevitably, we will fail. Because there's so much to celebrate, we're afraid your brains would simply melt if we tried to cover it all. We are your hosts. I'm Mr. Howe. And I'm Mr. Castagna. Join us as we venture into the heart of Southern Lehigh High School, one interaction at a time, on The, the Spartan, Spartan Life. I'm fortunate today to be speaking with Mr. Matthew Shaw, the newest member of the Southern Lehigh High School English Department. How are you today, Mr. Shaw? Fantastic. Happy to be here. I'm really glad to hear it. We're happy to have you. Now, what's interesting about your position is, as I said, you are the newest member of the English staff, Right. but your role and your responsibilities are very different from that of the other English teachers. Right. Uh, most notably, you have been hired to head up the writing center at Southern Lehigh High School. That is correct. Yeah. And that is something we've never had before. Right. <laughs> so why don't we start out very simply. Why don't you tell everybody who's listening what the writing center at the high school is? Sure. Um, the writing center... Uh, was started this year, um, I think, to answer some questions left over from the pandemic of, you know, how are we going to help kids retrieve some of what they've lost? Um, and then hopefully going forward is, is something that can be established and, and keep going. But the Writing Center is uh, a location uh, down in the pub lab uh, that's open all day. Uh, I staff it, and we're really there. I'm there to provide one-on-one uh, -on -one writing help to students who uh, maybe have some deficiencies or have some piece of writing they want to work on. Uh, maybe their teacher has uh, identified something that they need help with that the teacher doesn't have time in a full class to help them with. Uh, so they can come on down and get help from me one-on-one -on, -one on, on those skills and, and um, those pieces of writing that they have. Uh, we're also going to offer drop-in, I think, during Spartan period. Students can just come if they've got an essay coming up, some piece of writing. Um, and then probably some, you know, some mini lessons, mini blocks about uh, things like college essays, resume writing, when AP tests are coming up, uh, to, to really help uh, extend what's going on in the classroom. Okay, so basically what you're saying is it's a room where students can go and they can get extra help on their writing. Absolutely. Which is something that we've always wanted here, right. uh, something that I think students have always needed. Right. My question is, how did you come to be the teacher in charge of the writing center? Well, um, I've been an English teacher for 20, I think this is my 22nd year. You know, the first 21 I was in the classroom. Uh, I was most recently at Saucon Valley. Uh, but when the, when the last school year came around, my own uh, children, I have two boys, one in middle school, one in elementary school, and they were going to be remote. Meanwhile, Saucon Valley was going to be face-to-face -face from day one. And I just knew they couldn't be home alone trying to do their schoolwork remote, so I had to make the difficult choice to, to give up my position at Saucon Valley and help them while they were uh, at home. But at the end of last year, once we saw that everything was kind of getting back to whatever the new normal is, uh, I started looking for positions, and I saw this one come open. And 
Mrs. Garriello, our, our principal, actually hired me at Saucon Valley, and I was really excited to work with her, and then she left before I even got a chance to work with her. Right, so right. I saw this was open, and I saw, and, you know, I knew she was the principal here. I said, ooh, I want to apply, apply for that. So I was lucky enough to apply uh, for this position and, and, and get it. Yep. So after 21 years in the classroom, yes, uh, the pandemic hits. Right. Uh, your boys are going to be home. They need somebody to take care of right. them and oversee yeah. their studies. Right. After 21 years as a teacher, yeah, you just said, "Okay, fine. I got to be home with my boys." Yes. Uh, was that a difficult decision emotionally, financially? How was it working with the boys on a day-to-day basis? I mean, it was it was difficult in that you know your job is very much a part of your personality. It's part of your identity, right? Your identity, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think when it comes to family, there's not a choice. <laughs> you know, my, my father once told me a long time ago when I was trying to figure out uh, when my then girlfriend, now my wife, was in grad school halfway across the country and I was working a job and I was, do I go be with her or do I stay at this job? And my father said, jobs are great, but family is bigger, right? Um, so in that sense, it was not a hard decision. Um, luckily, my wife, she's, she's, she's kind of the... Uh, economic engine, if she's you will. The, the breadwinner. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, she's an administrator at Muhlenberg. That's, that's why we moved here in the first place. And, and so luckily we were able to uh, survive on her salary, a little bit of our, our savings. And uh, yeah, it was interesting being a, a house husband. I've never did so many dishes and vacuumed so many floors while uh, watching the kids. The kids, you know, it was, it was a challenge for my older, for my older boy. It was, and, and he was the one we were really worried about. Um, you know, that kind of sustained attention when he's not right there in front of somebody was, is, is something that he struggles with. And so, you know, there were some fights and there was some, uh, took a lot of my attention. My, my younger son, he could have absolutely been home alone and done exactly the same thing that he did (laughs) while we were there. So, so it was an interesting, it was an interesting uh, year. I think, of course, it was an interesting year for everyone. I don't know if interesting is the right word, yeah. but it was a year. Yeah. And I think we all had those fights. Right. Uh, the schedule here last year, um, we had asynchronous Fridays. Yeah. So I would be at home trying to get uh, a massive amount of work done on a Friday to right. set up my LMS and prepare my lessons for right. the coming week and get grading done and check in with advisory and right. do office hours. At the same time, my 10-year-old daughter was trying to do her asynchronous yeah. work. Right. And I would say it probably took us a month or six weeks of those Fridays mm-hmm. before we really got into a groove, a groove and stopped right. getting immediately frustrated right. by the link that wasn't working right. or the email from her teacher that you know wasn't quite making sense or lining up with the assignment. Right. And then we would just start yelling at each other. Right. Yeah, it was, it was tough. Uh, I bet you're very glad to be back uh, in a school setting. I, I am. You know, it is, I, I didn't realize how much I missed it in the energy of a school. Until the first day when all the students showed up. The energy this year is almost overwhelming. It is. Like, I just have this constant (laughs) sense of, like, the feeling of adrenaline in my chest. Like, oh, there's people, there's people, there's people. We got to do something. We got to do something, which is very different from last year. So you mentioned that your wife is, uh, you said, uh, a professor at Muhlenberg? She's an administrator. Administrator at Muhlenberg. Yeah. And what I've heard is that you've moved around a lot. Uh, because your wife has had a wide variety of jobs. Right. And uh, you as well have uh, had a wide variety of ELA jobs. So yep. why don't you tell us about some of those experiences where you've been, um, your wife's work, your work? Absolutely. Um, so I started my career in uh, Boulder High School in Boulder, Colorado. I went to the University of Colorado, go Buffaloes. Um, and so I, I was there for four years and 
is one of those places that it, it never occurred to me that I would work anywhere else. Like I'd be here until I retired. Um, but as I said, you know, my wife now, my girlfriend at the time, had gone to California to get, be in grad school. And she had been there for a couple of years. And it was coming to a point where it was, am I going to go be with her or am I going to stay here? And as I said, I had that conversation with my father. And, uh, and he said, basically, you know, a, a good partner is harder to find than a good job. And, and that really, and, you know, within two weeks, I was moving out to California. Um, and I worked in California. I had a weird job at the Council of Alcoholism and Drug Abuse for a year, <laughs> kind of a bridge year. Hang on a second. There, what were you majoring in, in when you were at Colorado? Right. Uh, I was an English major. So you were an English major. I was an English major, yes. In English and education. Um, the, yeah, that job I got, so I was overseeing uh, drug and alcohol counselors in the schools of Santa Barbara. Okay, okay. So there's a uh, the connection. Yeah, it, and it was a job. I'm very good at interviews, apparently, because I talked myself into a job I really should not have had. Well, and, that's the uh, that's the English degree. Right, you know, right. Yes, we, we're nothing if not talkers. Right, and by the end of the year, uh, I think they and I both mutually agreed that hey, I, I should probably go back in the classroom because this is not my ish right here. So... Um, so we, so I got a job uh, teaching in Ventura, California, which is about 30 miles down the coast from Santa Barbara. Beautiful drive every morning, watching dolphins jump in, oh, the, man. in the waves. That sounds lovely. Um, and that was the only job I ever had where, where I knew it was for a short period of time, where I knew I wasn't going to be there very long, because I knew when my wife got out of grad school, um, she got a PhD in psychology at the University of California, Santa Barbara. We knew at the end of that, you know, if you're going to be a professor, you just throw your resumes out to wherever they have jobs doing what you do. You know, it's very specialized. And so she had offers from Whitman College in Walla Walla, Washington. And uh, Say that three times fast. Right. Yeah. It, it, I always tell people it actually exists. It's not just Looney Tunes, right? Um, and she also had an offer from Trinity College in Connecticut, I think, Hartford, right? Uh, and Walla Walla just, we were kind of West Coast people. And so we, we, we just stayed at decided to stay west, and we moved up to Walla Walla, Washington, which is a tiny little town in the middle of nowhere. Um, everyone who teaches at the high school, not everyone, I should say, about 60% of the staff that teach at the high school went to that high school. So it's one of these little towns where people go away for college and then come right back, and everyone lives two doors down from their grandparents, right? One well, of was things. it tough to integrate into that community? It Were was. people sort of distrustful of you because your granddaddy didn't go to high school with my granddaddy? Um... I think I was, they're more curious than distrustful. Nice. Uh, but the, the, the hard part about integrating, I think, is there was, you know, it was once, while we lived there, it was named the friendliest town in America. But it's that kind of friendly, like we say hi at the post office. But because everyone grew up there, they kind of already have their group of friends. Yeah. And so it's hard to break into those groups. So we mostly hung out with Whitman people, right, with, with the college people. You know, I had, I had friends, of course, working at the school. Um, but anyways, so I, 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 I worked there for 12 years, worked my way up. I was the, eventually the, the department head for three years and, and really a great, a great school that's doing interesting, important work in an area that people don't often look at. Um, all right. So you were there for 12 years, you said 12 years, where'd you 12. move on to next? And then we, 
that's when my wife, she, she was a psychology professor at Whitman, but she wanted to move into uh, diversity administration. That okay. was where her passion was. And so that's another one where you throw your resumes out to that whatever. That one sounds pretty specified. Yes, yeah. yes. And so she, she did two interviews and got two job offers here on the East Coast. She got one at Muhlenberg, and she got one at George Mason. And it turns out it's a lot cheaper to live in Allentown than it is in Washington, D.C. Go figure. Right. Who, who would have thought? Um, so we, uh, we packed up the kids and the dog and drove 3,000 miles across the country and planted ourselves in Allentown. We've been here ever since. And like I said, I taught two years at Saucon Valley as well. All right. Um, where do you see yourself going forward? Um, and by that, I mean you're now in charge of the writing center. Right. Do you see yourself sticking with... I don't know how to describe it, but something more administrative or right. in education, but outside the classroom? Or right. would you like to get back into the classroom setting to work with the kids in that way? Yeah, that is an interesting question. I do love being in the classroom. Um, that being said, I, I, you know, I love working with students in general. I think one of the, the, the great things about the Writing Center, as it is right now, is that that's what I'm going to be doing, mostly. I'm still going to be working with students. I think, you know, the models of writing centers tend to be the person in charge is not really doing the tutoring anymore, that you're, you're overseeing student tutors, you're overseeing, you know, uh, education school students from, from the local colleges who might want to become English teachers, and they're doing practicums and those types of things. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, this is such a new thing. You know, it is, it is very different than what I've done, obviously. Um, so it's a new challenge in that way. I, I, I like thinking about how we can make this as, uh, the best writing center it can be. Um, but it's also one of those situations where you're building the plane that you're flying, kind of oh. like when we went into you know remote a year and a half ago. And it's like, hey, you were doing everything face-to-face. -face. <laughs> now we're going to take a week off and get you ready to go remote. Right? I, think, I think it's a product of 21st century learning and the advancement of technology yeah. that for the first few years of my career, they hand you the curriculum yeah. and you can kind of rest safely. And if I learn this yeah. and I have my lessons all set up, I make them as good as I can make them. Right. I'm set for a while. Right. Now things change so quickly. So quickly. Uh, it's really hard to keep up with. Yeah, well, and, and trying to bring that, especially that technology part, I think that's one of the biggest changes in education is this idea that every job is eventually going to be technology saturated. Yeah. And we have to train them, not just how to use this app or this device, but how to think about how technology and work kind of the confluence of those two things right. and how we can solve problems with the tools that we have. Yeah. I used to feel like a master of my subject area. Right. <laughs> and now I feel like a student of yeah. my subject area. And right. nine times out of 10, no matter the circumstances, I do feel like I'm building the plane while right. I'm flying it. Right. You know, and, and you yeah. just have to get comfortable yeah. with well, it. And, and, and I think some of the fun part of it is, is to, you know, you get a chance to kind of rethink what your subject is a little bit. You get to go, okay, I've always thought, here's how students respond and show their skill in this thing. But does it have to be that way? Or am I just holding on to that because that's what I've always done? Yeah. And once you can take that center out and go, okay, this is, this is ego, <laughs> right? right? And now I can look at how can, what choices can I give students on how to 
show what they know in the subject. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've definitely shifted over the past few years away from the traditional English model, which is we're going to do a book, right. you're going to do a project, you're going to do a test. We're right. going to do a book, you're going to do a project, you're going to test, right. study some grammar. Right. You do a book, we're going to do a project, you're going to yeah. do a test, to thinking of myself as a communications teacher. Right. So what is the most important thing that we can give our students as English teachers when they leave our classrooms, are they better communicators? Right. And the way we communicate in this modern world is not through essay writing. Right. Uh, which is why those skills get rusty and yeah. we need somebody like right. you in charge of yeah, the writing. Yeah, it's center. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, writing is and that thinking process. I mean, everything that we do in school is really about thinking processes. Problem solving. Problem solving. Yeah. How, how do we formulate an argument? How do we make people understand what we're trying to say? Um, and And... We're always going to have to teach writing because it, it sharpens that sword, even though we know. And the one, the one that, the one that I, I, I'm most conflicted about is, is timed writing, right? Where we're like, hey, write it right now. And part of that is, can you formulate thoughts quickly? Sure. But it's also, as far as a writing task, the most inauthentic thing that you're ever going to do. Nobody when, ever asks you to write something right now. When are you ever going to have to do that? Right. And who can produce their best work right. under those circumstances? Right. It's something that I struggle with with my AP students. Yeah. Because they get to that AP test at the end of the year, and they've demonstrated for me time and time again that they are skilled right. writers right. and sophisticated thinkers, and they could put all that together yeah. in an essay. But asking them to do three of those yeah. in two hours? Yeah. Nobody produces their best work under those yeah, circumstances. Yeah, this is never going to happen again. And you sometimes, you know, I taught AP for 10 years. I taught AP language. And you have to have those hard conversations with students that you know are brilliant, where you go, sometimes you just run into a buzzsaw. And, you know, this, these were not your prompts, and it doesn't mean anything about you. They're going to give you a score, and guess what? You're still the great, same great person you were before you got that score. That, that doesn't say who you are, but, but it's unfortunate that you could not demonstrate what you could do with what you were given. I told my students last year, I had a really strong group of AP students. That number doesn't mean anything. Right. That number does not reflect everything that you accomplished this school right. year and the skills that you built and the way you grew as an English student. Right. It reflects a, a three-hour test. Absolutely. That, and, and all kinds of different circumstances arise during a three-hour test Absolutely, that, you, know, you can't Absolutely. plan for. Anyway, uh, you came into my class the other day to introduce yourself yes. to the students. Yes, yes. And we played a little game, which I had never played before. Right. It was, help me out here, I think it was called uh, Person Tiger Trap? Yes. Is that, okay, yep. so Person I forgot the order. Yes. But it's full body rock, paper, scissor. Right. Where you're either, you know, on one, two, three, you're either going to be a person. Yeah. And you kind of do this thing where you, like, recoil away yeah. from the other person. Or you're going to be a tiger where you put your hands up and you roar. Yeah. Or you're going to be a trap, which is like you almost do this, like, double biceps flex in front of you like you're closing a trap. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, person beats trap, trap beats tiger, tiger beats person. Yeah. Uh, and we kind of, you know, did that. You got the kids out of their seats. They really liked it. Right. Uh, so you were able to drum up some excitement, yeah. I think, for your role here and for the writing center. And we've talked about some of the things you're excited about. And we've talked about some of your trepidations yeah. about the writing center. Our students are listening right now. Yeah. How can students visit the writing center? Sure. The, there's a couple of, of, of ways in the writing center. And it's going to evolve, I think as we go along, as we kind of find the best way to do this for Southern Lehigh, based on the, the way the school works. Uh, right now, our model is, the, you know, the first access point is, is teachers are going to refer, refer you. Hey, you, 
this essay needs a little work. I mean, I think a lot of the teachers are moving in this, in this uh, direction of no grade is set in stone. And if you show improvement, you can, you can be improved in your grade. And, and that's something else. we're going to do right. with the writing center, Absolutely. correct? Is, uh, if a student did poorly on a rubric, right. there'd be some understanding with the teacher that, okay, you dropped points in this category. Yeah. I'd like you to go work with Mr. Shaw. I'd like you to rewrite, rewrite this part of it. Right. And then I will give you some of the points back once right. you successfully demonstrate that you've improved right. in this category. Absolutely. And, and so students, yeah, students who are referred by their teacher for exactly that purpose can come in. They and I are going to work together. You know, right now my, my, my model for it is I think students will probably be expecting me to sit down and put that paper in front of me and I read it with them. Like, we're going to have a conversation first. What is your understanding of this assignment? What is your understanding of the expectations? What is your understanding of the skills? And, and, and use that, because I think so many problems can be diagnosed in writing by just talking to a person and, and saying, hey, tell me your argument. Because if you can't tell it to me, it's, it's not here. I don't even need to read the piece of paper. Absolutely. Right? Um, but, but so it's going to be conversational, and, and, but we're going to work to improve the things that the teachers have already seen that they need to do. That takes some of the load off the teachers. Right to give that extra opportunity to improve, but not have constantly be inundated with the thirty students that they have. Right. Well, yeah, that that's uh, been my concern over the years. Sure. Right. Is if I'm doing say the college application essay with my seniors, right. and I'm going to give them a work period. Right. I got thirty students. I'd yeah. like to check in with each of them. I can't go through every no. essay with a fine tooth comb right. and get to thirty students. Right. So we have to stick to the finer points of the rubric, yeah. and I can check those kinds of things. Yeah. You know, you want me to review your thesis? I can review your thesis. Right. You wrote a sentence. You don't know if you punctuated it properly with commas. I can read that sentence. Right. I can't give you feedback on the whole thing. We don't have that kind of right. time. You can provide them that time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, along with that, I've, I, I certainly, as an English teacher, started moving towards if we've been working on this skill, if we've been working on transitioning or, or how our argument builds through the thing, I don't need to grade everything. I don't need to tell you about everything. You're still going to write a whole essay. You're still going to do the best you can. But we're focusing on this right now. And that's what I'm going to comment on, right? And so I'm hoping a lot of students will come in going, hey, I have problems with transitions. And let's talk about transition. You know, I, I, I certainly have had my years where I covered papers in red ink. Oh, yeah. We've all been there. And you give it to the student. And then, you know, I think there was an epiphany at some point where I looked at it after I'm done. I'm like, no student could look at this and get anything out of it. No, you know what they get out of it? They see the red. Right. They don't even read it. They just get discouraged. Right. That's Absolutely. what they get from it. Absolutely. And they don't even read the red marks. Right. And, and random point, there, there are actually psychological studies that show that teachers are actually more critical when they're grading in red ink than when they're grading in other colors. That's fascinating. Right? Because I've always used red ink. Right. So, so have I for so, a long so time. If I switch right. to blue, my comments will automatically be like 10% more positive. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know that you can quantify it, but they, they, they're, they're are, uh, it was certainly um, an effect that they found. Um, but anyway, so, so I started, you know, I'll still put comments on a paper, but at the end, I put, here's one thing that you're doing really well, right? Because I think as English teachers, we sometimes forget that part. Right. Hey, what do you, will you just look at the problems? Um, but so here's one thing you're doing really well, and keep doing that. And here's the most important thing you need to work on. Don't worry about all the red on there. These things are the things that you need to talk to, 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 to make the biggest impact in your writing, right? Give, give, give students, you know, we, we know about chunking assignments for students, that we break them down into smaller parts. But we sometimes don't think about that in our grading. 
Let's, let, let's break that down into smaller parts too, right? Uh, so anyways, the question of course originally was how can they come down? So they can be referred, there, there are going to be drop-in hours uh, during Spartan period. I'm guessing, I don't exactly have a great grasp on how study hall works around here and passes. <laughs> I've got to figure that out a little better. The, I, the, 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 the design of, of the school schedule is something I'm constantly working through. Um, but I'm imagining that students can get a pass down to the writing center during study hall as well to go, come get some, some help whenever they have that, that time as well. I'm hoping students will eventually self-refer. I've got a big writing assignment coming up. I feel like I'm having trouble with this. Can I go get some help on it? Um, that'll work. I'm even open to you know having some times after school where students can drop in, because I know it's hard to get around to everything you have to do in a school day. So I think it's, access is going to be one of the big things there, too. So we're starting out mostly with teacher referrals, but it's going to eventually open up to, hey, refer yourself. Start, let's start recognizing, having a little metacognitive, oh, I'm looking at what I'm doing, and, and I need some help, and, and, and come down themselves, too. So for students, they get an assignment graded. They drop a few points. The writing center is an opportunity for them yep. to maybe work hard with you, right. improve their skills, and get some of those points back. Right. It is an opportunity if they are working on a draft of an assignment for school that they can come to you for additional help yes. and uh, hopefully not lose those points in the first right. place. Absolutely. And overall, you're going to work with them one-on-one, -on -one, conversationally, right. through the written word, to help them convey clearer messages in their writing. Right. That all sounds like a wonderful opportunity for our students. I, I hope so. That I, is what we're, that's what we're shooting for. You sound very excited about it, and I was very glad to talk to you about it today. Thank you very much for joining us, Mr. Shaw. Thank you for having me. I've loved it.